No, this really is really awesome. This is the best time to be alive. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Geek Chew Podcast, where we talk about books, comic books, movies, television, and all that stuff. So uh, our intro music is by my brother, Ryan. My name's Eamon. I'm Charlene. And uh, I guess this week, we're mostly going to talk about Thor, Ragnarok, and Justice League. Yes. Because uh, no books. <laughs> so <laughs> we just haven't read any. Um, we are in right, the middle to of... completion. Right. Four, three, two, one which is quite long, our book club book. Um, someday. We'll get there. Oh, I'm going to get there a lot sooner than <laughs> later. Yeah. Um, but until we get there, we'll, uh, we'll hit some, some quick newsy stuff, some of the things we've been watching before we get to our, our big movie extravaganza. The newsies? Wait, what <laughs> no. am I trying to think of? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Oh, We're bloomies? Bloomies. <laughs> My mom calls it bloomies. Yeah. Yeah, you were way off. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. Speaking of movies, next week. I mean, we got, we've got some pretty good movies coming up. Uh, most notably Star Wars in a couple weeks. Right. But next week we have the new Guillermo del Toro movie, The Shape of Water. We might just have to go see that. At the Palladium. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's not even playing. So we talked about this before, but we usually see things at the Alamo Draft House, and it's not available for purchase yet. Tickets. Uh, the only place it is available is the Santicos. It's not even available at the Palladium. So. Oh, the closer Santicos. No, uh, the one on four ten and ten. So the further Santicos. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's <laughs> I don't, not. I don't know. <laughs> that's not closer. No, it's not close. Anyway, very exciting. I think that's the first movie theater we went to in town, though. When we went to see Tusk? Yes. Yeah, I think it is. Uh -huh. yeah. It's right by Carabas there, right? Yep. Anyway, uh, San Antonio Geography. for <laughs> <laughs> Only Carabas? Anyway, we're really theater? looking forward to it. <laughs> I really am. And it's weird that it's not playing at the Draft House. Because they, they play a lot of yeah, those like, it smaller... Must be. Like, it's just not... I'm used to like... Being able to We're always going to like the big blockbusters and they're like on sale a month and a half before they come out. You know what? I bet it'll be available beginning next week, like by Monday. Yeah, I hope so. That way we don't have to go to the stupid Santico. I don't want to go there either. Slumming it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I almost tried to defend it. And then <laughs> no, I was don't like, even no. Don't <laughs> anyway, looks really good. Um, and we have several uh, Marvel things on the docket today, especially today, tonight, whatever. Um, TV stuff. But we were just talking about this before we started. Uh, Disney slash Marvel is, I guess, talks are ramping back up for them to purchase the the Fox movie. Hold on. 
The rights they do of, what? They talk a ramping back up. The talks are ramping back up. Like they oh, had, they had the been discussing talks it before. Are ramping back up. I'm thinking. All right, I don't know why I rearranged that <laughs> sentence completely differently in my head, but in the same order. But I guess they had been in talks to purchase these the the rights for like the movie properties and stuff from Fox before, and it had kind of died down. And Sony was interested as well, but. It seems like they're moving towards. Sony was interested in purchasing the Fox properties, or... which is weird, right? Because Sony is like, "Please, Marvel, take our Spider-Man stuff," because we don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, but they still own Spider-Man. They didn't sell the Spider-Man property to Disney, right? They're just letting it's, it's Disney some, manage it. It's like it. a weird collaborative thing where Sony is like, "Please help us make money with Spider-Man." Is my impression? Yeah. It. I mean, I haven't seen any legal documents, but. <laughs> right, because we totally know what was but going on. But how cool would it point. be if Marvel got X Men and Fantastic Four to a lesser degree? I would like. I'd like to see a, a good Fantastic Four movie. But and we've talked w- about the X Men. It stuff. would be good to even have a good Fantastic Four movie with the same cast that they just had. Yeah, but that movie that was terrible. Happen. But the cast was great. Was terrible movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we'll see if that happens. Um, but I mean, like Logan was wonderful, and that's a Fox property, right? No, I mean, I think they're so they're slowly figuring out um, the individual properties, like Deadpool, um, right? Basically, anytime it, well, anything they, that's anytime not like the le- big mainstream, right? Yeah, anytime they're giving up, like um, some kind of intense creative control and letting somebody do what they want. Um, oh, interesting. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, just Logan, like trusting somebody to do their job. Yeah. Hmm. The the guy who wrote and directed um, Godless, the new Netflix show, was one of the writers on, on Logan, Logan. And he That's was on right. the Watch podcast and he was talking about working yeah. on, on that movie. And, um, but the, the X Men movies, I like we've talked about it before. You don't we get excited them, about them. I still do, even though I like I don't watch them yeah, and think a, like, oh, these are like my favorite. You get excited movies. and then you're like, oh, all right. I don't know. I like this like younger cast that's coming in to play these things. Like, I love James McAvoy, so I don't care what he's in. I'm probably gonna watch it. But like Sophie Turner as Jean Grey is pretty cool. I don't know it's, who that other dude is who played Cyclops, but whatever. Yeah. And, I don't know. I, I like some of the ideas. It's I th- maybe it's the execution. Yeah, uh, I think it would be good for uh, like a hard reboot if um, Marvel got a hold of them. Hard reboot meaning different cast. Yeah, they would have to, right? I I mean, I guess. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Maybe they won't even get it at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is all. Uh, so I'll be moo. It's like a cow's opinion. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> matter. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> uh, so, but Marvel also has uh, several, well, several, a couple new TV shows that we've been watching, one of which was The Punisher on Netflix, which uh, I was pretty excited for based on his uh, debut in uh, Daredevil season two. Yes. Uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of a tough watch so far. It's like a PSA for PTSD hard hard stop like that <laughs> like that's what Interesting, it is because so i feel like i don't know i got the impression from you 
since we try not to talk about these things too much if we know we're going to be talking about it later, but that you're really enjoying it. But yeah, I mean, I mean, there are things that are definitely very difficult about this show. Yeah, it's I'm I'm not uh, disinterested. I, I still want to watch it. Like I'm still uh, interested in you know how it's going to play out. It's 13 episodes, like all the other Marvel Netflix shows, except for Defenders, and we're only on halfway through episode four. So we'll see where it goes. I think he's. You know, I've never been a big Punisher guy. Like, uh, no comic books. I don't right. really care much about the character at all. But I really liked uh, John Bernthal as the Punisher in season two of Daredevil. And I think so far, he's just really missing that interaction that he had with, with Daredevil. Like, when they were both on the screen, I really liked the way that they um, played off each other and the way they talked to each other. Um and in the show so far, there's there's really none of that. It's a lot of story, a lot of um, what happened to him and what's going on now. And he's still got some of those like ticks and his you know speeches. Yeah. He's still the same character, but he's got missing that. Um, yeah, I feel like um, there's a lot of trying to get to the point. Like there's just a lot of like it. It's taking too long, maybe. Yeah, um, I mean that's probably to, got something to get to, do to where with, it like, needs to go. The thirteen episodes, right? Yeah, like maybe. 10 is probably better for basically every Marvel Netflix show that's been made so far. Yes and no. I mean, I thought Jessica Jones was great. Like, I don't, I don't remember feeling like that was stretched too thin. Yeah, um, I mean, I did. Did but, you? Yeah. And then the first Daredevil season, I don't feel like that was stretched too thin. Did you? Uh, no, but also the second, I mean, I, you know, we've talked about it on the podcast before. I really liked the second season. Yeah. Um, and I didn't feel like it was stretched too thin. Uh, Luke Cage was definitely, definitely Iron Fist Fist definitely um, was kind of a miss overall. Uh, there were things we liked about it, but yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I I feel like it was missing a certain levity, but we don't need to get back to that. We're only four episodes in. Almost four episodes in. So and we'll if it's already, it I mean, it's already feeling a little bit long. Maybe it'll start to pick up now, but yeah, yeah maybe you're right. Maybe it is like a really better as a, a 10 episode format. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I mean, I don't care. We're obviously going to watch it. But mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, also, we just started watching The Runaways on Hulu, which another Marvel show does not feel spread thin to me. No. Did you. Uh, I didn't tell you. I, Brian K. Vaughn plus the two showrunners for The Runaways uh, were on the last episode of The Watch that posted on Thursday or Friday. No, I didn't they see. They did an interview on there. That, which was, Brian um, K. Vaughn's on there? Yeah. yeah That's weird, impressive. Right? I'm very excited to hear that then. Yeah. It, it was good. Um, you know, he's on the show as an executive producer because he uh, co-created Does the he series have any with writing credits? Adrian Alfona. Well, I mean, he, he wrote the book i mean well how it's based on and they and they talk about one of the things they talk about is you know when he started that book it was 2003 2004 he was basically just getting started in his comic book career and he thought that this this series that he had gotten greenlit with marvel was going to be over in like five or six issues and he'd be canceled so he shoved a lot of stuff in the first 
you know, few issues and one of the benefits of going back to this property with the TV show is that they're able to spread that out. You know, the show is like we've talked about really nonlinear so far. Uh, first episode kind of focuses on the kids. The second episode on the, the parents. Um, yeah. It's kind of doing that back and forth. Yeah. Plus jumping, you know, years right. in, in other scenes, which uh, they talk about in the podcast and how nice it is to have that, that leeway. Yeah, I don't think he's, I don't think he's writing for the show per se. Like I know he's written for TV before on lost and stuff like that. Um, but I know that he's been in the writer's room with them to offer feedback and, yeah. and stuff like that. But are we getting, we're getting saga digitally only, correct? Yes. But so, we are now probably three or four issues behind. Yeah. That makes me sad. It's, yeah. I mean, it's probably one of, I mean, it's definitely one of my favorite books yeah. ever of all time. Well, you're probably eight or 10 issues behind. No, I caught up. Um, Did you? That was yeah, one of I got caught up. High priorities. Um, definitely. Yeah. Always. The, they actually, they talk about it a little bit on the on that show too, how he wrote it to not be adaptable for the screen. Just. I don't see. I mean, I don't understand that. Like, how is something not screen adaptable? I mean, someone can I mean, always sure take something could and adapt it. It would just be difficult. Like he used the comic book medium uh, to, to its full effect. Right. Which is what makes it such a wonderful book. Yeah. But uh, the, the show itself, the runaways is, is pretty good so far. You know, it's uh, also four episodes in um, basically it's, you know, you know, I think the kids, yeah. the group of kids find out that their parents are super villains, quote unquote. Right. Um, and so then and they, right. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't gotten to that part yet, but, uh, I mean, I guess we're assuming that cause right. And Hulu's not like a, not like Netflix where they just right, drop I, it all. I think that I really appreciate the, the Hulu format better. Um, I can't yeah. because, um, with Netflix, like it, it drops all together. You could binge watch several episodes at a time if you like. And so, yes, you do have, the opportunity to to watch all the way through but i think with us anyway like we we sometimes get like a fatigue of watching it like oh you know and then that and the i mean time's so limited it's really difficult well, to binge watch anything yes except <laughs> for it's awesome. when it's these hulu things we know it comes out on a certain night drops right, but to that's hulu not binge watching Exactly. Exactly. And even though we know it's going to be there, I mean, it's it's not like it, like once it drops, it's going to be there. But we make a point to, to say, oh, let's watch this. No. And is that a product of it being a more exciting show for us or a product of the way that it drops in availability to us where we know where we can't, we can't get to that until yeah, it drops and then we have that sort of expectation anticipation thing i think it's mostly the um the show itself you uh, think i do because there are other things on hulu that um not hulu shows but just like the nbc shows that drop uh once a week the day after that we're so far behind on that we just haven't made time to watch like the good place and 
I'd like mm. to watch those. I started out watching those. Right. You know what I need to do is when I find a funny sitcom that I like is not tell you guys that we should watch it. And then I can keep watching it on my own. Yeah. That's cool too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might be a little selfish, but yeah. Um. So The Runaways is good. Did you have anything else on that? No, I, I don't. We could um, move on to another Marvel thing that dropped this week. So we've we've tried to record probably four or five nights in a row now. And the first thing I have written down about the Avengers is that they had these uh, Vanity Fair covers, like four different Vanity Fair covers with different Avengers on it that came out earlier this week. And that no, the trailer was going to drop for Avengers Infinity War at some point, you know, soon. And some point soon was about three days ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... New trailer was, I mean, pretty sweet. Yes, whoever whoever is piecing together that tra- those trailers for these kinds of Marvel movies is a genius. Yeah, like I'm all in. So there's a lot, there's a lot there. Uh, I'm not good at unpacking these things. I kind of like to take them all as like a big chunk and just be excited whereas i know that there are people who are like frame by frame breaking down yeah i'm not so much the frame by frame guy either um i listened to the watch the same episode with uh their interview with brian k vaughn they talked about the avengers trailer and you know they're kind of um they're on the more hesitant end not hesitant like they're just not excited about superhero movies or well i don't need to listen like, to that then uh, i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah i mean they were they were talking shit about like the first appearance of thanos and in, in on the screen and how he looked like a big cgi gorilla and i i, was I like, don't agree I, I mean he looked like for a cgi character he looked pretty um realistic i don't know if um, he didn't look gorilla like we'll get all, to to me We'll get to Justice League, but you want to talk about CGI that just didn't work on villains. That's, you know, a better example. But yeah. But um, Infinity War, obviously, is going to be, it's the next Avengers movie. It's a two-part movie. So, you know, at the end of that movie that's released in May, you're going to have to wait like another year probably to watch the second part, which is already a bummer. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, they just cramped so, I mean... There's so much world building that's gone on that's gone on for Marvel in the last ten years. When they started with Iron Man in 2008, they have all these characters that they're going to basically all shove into these movies, and it's going to be interesting to see how they do that. Um, At I mean, some point, you, they're going to have to like get a pretty good restart, idea. right? Because yeah, you get a pretty good idea of how they're going to do it because they shove basically everybody into the trailer. Um, not everybody, but a lot of people. Uh, they did not have Captain Marvel in the trailer. Right. I mean, clearly she's going to show up at some point. Maybe not even in the first one. definitely. If I have to wait till the second Avengers movie of Infinity War to to see Captain Marvel, I'm going to be... I'm going to be pissed. (laughs) I will be pissed. Or even like... If she's like right at the end, I'm going to be mad too. She needs to come in like at least halfway through. That's not going to... It's not going to make me happy because I don't think her movie comes out until 2019 like her solo movie so we'll see hmm. but uh some of the highlights of the trailer for me um black panther 
saying, uh, get this man a shield and Captain America stepping out of the shadows. Uh, All scruffy like. Yeah. Loving it. Always full beard. <laughs> you know, <laughs> scruffy like. Yeah. Um, what else was there? Uh, the Iron Spider, Spider-Man costume that you saw at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming uh, where Tony Stark, you know, brought it up out of the floor and was like, check this out. And they had the press conference waiting for him. Yes. Like that was, you see Spider-Man like wearing that and, um, you know, sliding around on the um, Thanos machine. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then it ends with Thor uh, on a ship with, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, come on. How can you not be excited about this movie? I I mean, I know that people aren't, but I'm not one of those people. I, I didn't know that people aren't. Yeah, I think there's a... I don't know. Are people getting segment, burnt out? There's a segment of the population who I think um, cognitively thinks that they should be burnt out on superhero movies. I see what you're saying. Um. I'm not, I'm not one of them. I don't know. No, me either. No, this is really awesome. This is the best time to be alive. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, that's it. (laughs) But before, so before we get into Thor Ragnarok, which we saw twice um, about a month ago, (laughs) which I think will sort of tell you how we feel. Yeah. Um, we did also just watch Split. Speaking of also James McAvoy, who we talked about with the X-Men and Professor yes, X. One of my faves. Um, which reminds me, I still need to watch Atonement with Courtney now that he's finished the book, yeah. which is very exciting. Yeah. The M. Night Shyamalan renaissance that's kind of happening with his um, uh, Blumhouse. Is that who makes these movies now? No idea. Um, with the villain... The villain, not the village. Village. Um, the visit. Right. I loved the visit. Yeah, that was M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, I know. Um, but th- those movies, like, and and this, uh, the split or split with James McAvoy, uh, which just came out on HBO. So it came out in theaters probably six to eight months ago. But I had heard good things about it. So did you? And yes. So we watched it. And- now I, I've basically enjoyed all the M. Night Shyamalan movies, except for the one with the weird trees. What was it, The Happening? The Happening. I think that's the only one that I haven't enjoyed. And I know that a lot of people are, like did not like The Village. They did not like Lady in the Water. Yeah. If, I think those that were they're just, okay. expecting something different. I think. Because of what the previews were like at the time, where they were expecting something more horror-y. Well, his, his big miss was The Last Airbender, right? Which wasn't his property, you know what? obviously. I didn't, I didn't even watch The Last Airbender, right. so I don't Nobody know. Did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's too bad, because I was looking forward to that, but yeah. Uh, and then I just never watched it. Yeah, but this one was um, was was really good, I thought. Um, I thought so as well. I enjoyed Split. You know, it kind of had this um, but story I feel like about There's like a subtlety guy. to his storytelling. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, James McAvoy plays this uh, multiple personality kind of disorder. DID, um, dissociative identity. Yeah, dissociative identity disorder. Um, and they they kind of weave in like these theories about what this could possibly mean. Yeah, could could go and how different those those personalities are 
just um, from like a physical makeup, like almost a DNA change. Right. Not really. I don't know how to describe it because I was only half paying attention to the, to that part of the movie. But, but um, I mean, you basically have it. Yeah, it's it's a the the personality is a completely different physical being as well, right. even though it's in the same body, but yeah. different, no. um, different capabilities and all that. Uh, and, and that basically builds up to the end where, I mean, we're going to, I'm going to spoil a little bit in just the last two seconds of the movie. Cause I was right an important so two seconds. So that if you, it made if you don't want to know, then yeah, the most excited I've been about M night Shyamalan in a long time. <laughs> but I mean, literally the last two seconds of the movie, they're talking about um, Mr. Glass from Unbreakable and kind of, you know, sliding down this cafe counter and all of a sudden there's Bruce Willis and you know, I had heard talk about an Unbreakable 2, but that was that was a surprise. Yes, uh, that definitely. Was, that was pretty exciting that they're tying it into these other this other movie and you know making it a world of an m night real superheroes yeah Yeah, it's like an m night Shyamalan comic book superhero world right it's its own universe yeah it's it's awesome yeah (laughs) i mean it might not be awesome but i'm excited about it being awesome in the in the future potentially yes so i i mean I just, I appreciate him and I shine a lot for all the creativity. I think signs when it came out was like one of my favorite movies at the time. So, yeah. you know, so you want to talk a little bit about Thor Ragnarok? Yes. <laughs> uh, this so, is as discussed. my favorite Marvel movie. I like it better than the Iron Man movies. I like it better than guardians of the galaxy. I don't yeah. I mean, I don't there even was, know what else like, no, it's the best one. Yeah. It's the best one. So Marvel's, I think, well, I don't And know I love sure. how different it is from yeah. the first two Thor movies. Oh. It's not in the same vein. It's Well, it's, it's completely different, but I think it also benefits from the um, groundwork that those two movies laid. Yes. I mean, definitely benefits because they don't have to tell any of that story. I think Marvel is kind of reaching this point where maybe they're more willing to let those creative people take those kinds of chances. You know, when Ant-Man came out, uh, it had Edgar Wright attached to, to write and direct. And at some point they were like, yeah, no, thanks. You're not really doing what exactly what we want you to do. Um, so it's always been kind of this push and pull of like, um, getting these creative people into their, into their world, but also trying to have them conform. And I think, they've been so successful for such a long period of time that they're able to kind of move past that. Um, not only with this, but hopefully, I mean, 2018, February, they have black Panther coming out with, Oh my gosh, I can't wait Ryan for black Coogler, Panther, but we, we just who also wrote and to directed stop that. that movie. Like we just have to stop the discussion about that. Yeah. Cause I could just go on about that for a <laughs> while. And we don't. so they got Taika Waititi to, to direct and write. I'm pretty sure. So he's he's from you know famous for Flight, Flight of, the of the Concords and um what we do in what we do in the dark is that what it's called Shadows What we do in the shadows yeah I only um 
we watched like half of that a couple weeks ago and never Yeah, so never why didn't we go it. back to it? But you could just tell that he really brought this his sensibility to the movie. Um the movie was so funny. So funny. I mean it also had, you know, superhero stuff. It was like and, a buddy comedy. Yeah. You know, some of it, not a lot of it. Some of it had like emotional heft. Like uh, I thought there was a really good balance with those like heavy moments and yeah. then like like a little comedic relief. Not, not I mean, to mention it, it the fact. It was just really well balanced. Yeah. That he also plays this Korg character who's one of the funniest characters that I've definitely ever seen in a Marvel movie. But he's like this huge stone character who, you know, Taika Waititi's from New Zealand. And this guy is basically talking like a Kiwi, very. Um, very mm -hmm. calm and everything he says and his delivery is so great for every situation. Oh my gosh, that's great. Um, lots of cameos in the movie that were kind of surprising. Uh, Matt Damon appears oh as Loki <laughs> at one point. Um, and then, you know, and, I guess... And the other Hemsworth brother. Right, like as Thor. The, the least known right. Hemsworth brother. Like, I don't even know his name. <laughs> it's Mr. Hemsworth. We'll call him Neil. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and then obviously, uh, Hella. Right. Kate Blanchett. Yes. Is, <laughs> yeah. I was going to let it I was slide. searching for it. I, was, yeah. I, I wanted to say it, but I couldn't find it. Kate Blanchett. So good. Yeah. I loved her like definitely over the top. But in that in in this place in this movie that character definitely needs to be that kind of over the top. It yeah. wasn't too much. Yeah, so she is the firstborn. She's the daughter of Odin who was banished before Thor Loki ever showed up on the scene. She is definitely enjoying the role as like the over-the-top villain and yeah i mean you can tell i've heard her talk about how she wanted to be in a movie that her kids would like and uh, it's an odd choice to go for, <laughs> to go for the uh um colonialist mass murdering villain <laughs> yeah but also this that, that's just like an awesome character yeah no it was i mean it was really good uh tessa thompson as a valkyrie name, right? mm -hmm. yeah uh, from Creed and uh, Westworld, I guess she was in. Was she? Oh, yes. Yeah, you know, she was in Westworld. As, yeah, Valkyrie. Um, I mean, the Hulk, uh, Mark Ruffalo as, as always the Hulk. Always great. And Hulk and Thor are always really good together. I, I, there were, there. I mean, there were some really great scenes where they they definitely played with that dynamic of, you know, like hulk versus thor because of that sort of yeah it's nice like, that they could strength use, yeah dynamic that they have it's nice you know. that they've kind of moved towards um towards the hulk who is not just kind of a brainless child but can at least talk you know he's not necessarily bruce banner smart right i mean the supporting cast was great too i mean we've already covered a bunch of them but jeff goldblum, jeff goldblum yeah hilarious but i don't know did you have anything else for i mean probably but we don't need to go on yeah so <clears throat> i guess we'll move on to justice league 
Okay, so overall, I enjoyed it. It still holds like a a little place in my heart, but this was a disappointing movie for me. So there were a lot of issues. Like when we when we got in the car after the movie, um, I, I held my tongue because you said something about it not being good jokingly and you were immediately disowned by our daughter, Tegan. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'll just keep it to myself. <laughs> but yeah, this, I mean, the movie was like, it was a mess. Yeah. And you know what I really hated? Like, this was the only thing that I really hated about the movie was some of the like, just camera work around Wonder Woman. Where she was very um, objectified in the way that she was shot, yeah. and that was annoying to me. Like Kinda it just it just didn't to like, need to happen. Wonder Woman is the example of a, of of a successful DC movie in the in the recent past. Yes, and it was directed by a woman. So I don't know how much you can really like just kind of paint it black and white like. She was shot in this way that, um, like a human rather than yeah, an object. Yeah, I mean, I've also heard complaints, just not even just like angles she was shot from, but like just the lighting and like the. I'm just not the even way gonna get looked. that nitpicky. Was, yeah, but like I don't need ass shots. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, was, what does that add to the movie? Yeah, it was, um, it was noticeable for sure. Right, very noticeable. Like if, I mean. Gal Gadot, gorgeous woman, amazing figure, beautiful face, like just <laughs> a beautiful person. You're not that gonna, face, you're not <laughs> right. You're not gonna like lose any of that by shooting her in the same way that you would shoot a man. Like yeah. it, I just, I, well, and, it, and it, and it really was so gratuitous that it was noticeable. Like, and even being like a person with with my beliefs and, and you know, the, the way that I feel about things when I go to a movie, like I, I do leave some room for that stuff. Like I don't yeah. just go in and like try to nitpick all of the like men shots. You know what I mean? Like I don't do that, but yeah. in this, it, it just was so blatant that it was obnoxious and distracting for me. Um, but even aside from that, some of like just the Aquaman character, I was hoping for more than so, just like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like me and you both are, are pretty easy to please. Yes. So, but I have like a whole list of things about this movie that I hated and, you know, a couple things that we can talk about that I'm looking forward to and that I kind of appreciated about the movie. Um, but there were so many issues with this, um, both tonally mm -hmm. and, but especially, and especially visually. Um, and I'm not just talking about the shots of Wonder Woman, but, uh, you know, to start, right. it's, it was, the production was kind of a mess this week. There's all this stuff coming about, coming out about how they, they, they rushed through the, the production just to meet the Deadline. release date. Um, mm -hmm. uh, which sucks. I wish they hadn't done that. Right. I mean, some a lot of the CGI and a lot of those scenes was so, so obviously like there where it didn't it didn't seem fluid. 
right. and contiguous with the rest of the movie. I mean, it's, I mean, to finish on the, on the director's like, it was directed by two people, like, mm-hmm. basically, which know, is always causing a problem. Scott like, Snyder that's... has been, um, the godfather of the DC extended universe, cinematic universe, whatever. Um, he was shooting the movie. He had to step away for family issues and Joss Whedon came in and finished it. And, you know, They've you can complete, tell just two like completely different styles, whole swaths of the movie. You can tell we're just different people. Um, visually, uh, you know, we can talk about the CGI. First of all, as soon as the movie opened up, I was like, Oh no, what are we even watching with this weird cell phone? You know, it Superman. reminded me of my my reaction to that was: Are they trying to do this the Spider Man like blog thing that's going on with Homecoming? But yeah, so and it like had just like a different feel to it too than that, where it wasn't quite as light. But uh, yeah, I don't know. One of the, <laughs> one of the things about the DC movies so far is that you kind of get like, um, I mean, they're pumping them out probably too fast and they haven't done the the base work that marvel did building up their whole universe um but one of the one of the things about that is like they're kind of trying to adjust to the feedback that they're getting from the previous movie like the destruction in man of steel led to like them fighting in the middle of nowhere in batman v superman and like making sure that you knew that this city had been evacuated that kind of stuff. And then all the reshoots with justice league, which I, I get like every movie, go, not every movie, a lot of movies, especially big blockbusters go through reshoots. Um, and people are always like wringing their hands about it. And usually it ends up not being a big deal. I think it was a fucking huge deal with this movie. You know, I don't know. I mean, one of the things that when we were watching it the first time, I'm like, even the real people don't look like real people. Like, it's a very strange feel to the and, movie. Yeah, just and like the texture. One thing I, I didn't know when we were watching it originally is that's because sometimes the real people aren't real people. Like Henry Cavill, when they got right. called back to do the reshoots. Yes, he had, had a mustache. His, they had to like... They CGI'd the whole They had to CGI the his... Because yeah. Paramount wouldn't let him shave off his mustache because well, he had gone yeah. to shoot Mission Impossible 6 or whatever. Uh, and it was very, it was very distracting. Batman's costume in some of these scenes, like, um, he, he walks around with a cowl off a lot, which is fine, but like, he looks like the Michelin man. Like you can just, it looks like (laughs) he's got these huge pads underneath, like Batman v Superman. It looked like he was just like dude in a suit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Steppenwolf, we kind of hit on that already, the main villain. I don't know. He was ridiculous. Yeah. But I, I mean, like, I could have been okay with him just looking and being ridiculous if it wasn't for all of the other, like, egregious visual flaws, you know? Yeah. Another thing I... So you talked about Aquaman. Um, yeah. I was, I, let me just tell you how excited I was for the Aquaman in this because he's so... Aquaman, when we first started reading comics you again, but me for the first time with the new 52 Aquaman, that, that book was one of my favorites. It was a good run. It was such a good run. And I was really excited to see a different take on him, even though I loved it so much Yeah, because 
I thought Aquaman has been such an underused and, and misunderstood character, just like the dude that talks to fish or whatever, like the the cheesy 1970s, 60s, whatever year, you know, adaptation of, of Aquaman, you know, riding on dolphins or whatever, <laughs> like, like their water skis. You know, like, I was so excited to see that because that's like, it's just it's a blank slate that's open to so many pop possibilities if right. if you have the right mind and creativity to do something cool with him and he just was sort of like, well, like kind of oaf like in in oh, some really? I didn't I didn't think so I I actually liked well, the just character kind of but like, you um, saw everything about him in the trailers like there was nothing more in the movie Well I just than felt like he trailers. was sort of I guess oaf isn't the right word but sort of like the the like this just like the surfer dude comic relief guy with the muscles so, you know, like you're right. There was nothing new. There was nothing else developed about him except for, except for one of my favorite parts with like this dynamic, the scene with Aquaman and Wonder Woman where right. I don't want to, you know, get too much into it to, to give it away. But that was like the only thing that gave him any depth. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely one of the funnier parts of the movie too. Yes. Yes. And one of the issues with, and I think it kind of looks like Justice League is going to lose Warner Brothers some money. Um, and so there's some question about what they're going to do going forward. You know, luckily they've already started the new, the, the Aquaman movie um, directed by Justin Lin, I think is his name. The dude who did the fast and furious seven um, movie, but it goes back to one of those, like I get that DC was trying to do something different, and also kind of rush in and catch up with Marvel who had built all these characters I wish up that separately. They weren't trying to catch up with Marvel though. I wish that they were just trying to exist in their own place yeah. with their own characters and to, trying to do their own thing. Yeah. I don't think there's any question that that would be better. <laughs> I know. But yeah. um, at least they're still going to make the Aquaman movie and we'll, we'll get more of, of that. Still and, up and, in the air on flash though. Right. Well, I think they're still going to, they're still going to press forward. Um, I did enjoy know, the flash character, but maybe, a, yeah. So he's, he's maybe overutilized in the way that he's used. Like it just kind of a little got over the top, right? Yeah. Like he's not the flash from the comic books. He's not even the flash from like the TV show, which, which is good. I think that's good though. Elements, but he's definitely, you said Aquaman was a comic relief. I don't think that was, you know, I think it was the flash, for sure. Did I say comic relief for Aquaman? Yeah. Or did I say Yeah, maybe I did. Yeah, but I meant but like sort of like the the like the surfer dude bro. Yeah, so guy. I mean, he's definitely that. Uh which I didn't mind. Like because that one scene you talked about like that's that's a lot of just those 30 seconds is like you can make a whole movie off of that. Yes. Um which hopefully they do. To a you know a certain extent, but <laughs> I mean the Flash. Um, so they're definitely I think going to move forward with that, and I think they're going to stick with their whole plan for Flashpoint, which is which is fine. Which is fine and brilliant because if you really want to start over, that's a good they way could, to do it, and it's an acceptable way for people who are hardcore comic fans is right. to use the Flashpoint. Um, I mean Ben Affleck idea apparently doesn't to, want to be Batman anymore. Well, I don't blame him. He's you know, not, he's yeah, getting, I mean, he's getting all great. sorts of crap about it. So, but 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked The Flash. Fine. I like Ezra Miller. I think a movie that can flesh him out a little bit more before he gets tossed in with the Justice League is, I mean, obviously can't go back in time technically, I guess, unless you're the Flash. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You know, they can do more with him in a movie. Um, yeah. I, w- I will say that he was funny in the movie. Brought some Justice levity. League. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, again, visually, one of the things that just kind of blew my mind, like, you got pictures of, or, you know, little clips of him running in in the trailer. And he was doing this thing with his arms where I thought, like, he was getting ready to, like, throw some lightning or something. Um, but he's just running funny. Like, he's just got this weird... <laughs> Like the movie, he's just got that a weird run. That I did run. not notice. His, but his when arms I see it like again. flail way out to the side, and I I don't know who made that choice. It was a bad one. It just was. Maybe he's like <laughs> running as if he was like a speed skater. I mean, it kind of looks like that. right. Bad choice. That's <laughs> <Okay. laughs> all I'm saying. I, I don't know. Um, do you want to like hit some of your likes for the movie? I, I think I did. Okay. So I, I really did <laughs> like, like that one scene. The first, it opens with, with Wonder Woman in this complete, well, you mean after, besides the after cell phone, the thing, cell phone like thing, some kind of weird terrorist. Yeah. Great. Uh, you know, plot Anything to blow with- up four blocks or whatever. Um, it was stupid. It was out of place. I don't know why they did it. You know but they why? They had this really awesome, like Wonder Woman stopping automatic gunfire, in front of this whole line of civilian people. That was amazing. But you know what I think they were really trying to convey in a lot of these scenes, which I did appreciate, was the the heroes trying to save people, like people as individuals, not yeah. just like a whole city of, of anonymous faces, but right. like actual people who are right there in the moment that they're trying to help. Yeah. And I think that is possibly, you know, one of the redeeming qualities of this movie is, I mean, that's that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And one of the other things I think that they're trying to get more right than they have, um, I've seen some people say, you know, finally Superman is a little bit more like Superman once he's out of his pet cemetery phase. <laughs> um, he was very pet cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's funny because they like use that in the movie. Oh yeah, but like it's because it's very pet cemetery. It actually made me want to go see, like yeah. go back and watch Pet Cemetery. I mean, so again, he's a little but... more, he's a little lighter. Like yeah. one of the major complaints about the DC cinema cinematic universe has been the, uh, I don't know, heavy yeah weight. I mean, I loved, I, I really liked Man of Steel. I did and too. And as previously discussed. Batman v Superman Batman even. v Superman, especially the extended cut. I'm good with uh, it. I'm I mean, the, yeah, like, I saw the flaws. I like saw a, some things, but I didn't hate that movie. Right. There's like 150,000 people have signed a petition to get the Zack Snyder uh, cut of Justice League released. <laughs> um, which I think I would probably like better than what I saw. Maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at my short list of things that I liked, and I think we already covered most of it. So it's unfortunate, know. but a cyborg. What do you think of cyborg? Because I was uh, very I was concerned. Of, 
Um, I was maybe because I was so concerned, it a little alleviated, um, but still, I did not hold the same kind of concern that you had with cyborg in this movie, but I just felt like if you plucked that character right out of this movie, I mean, it it would have been, yeah. yeah, (laughs) I mean, would you have missed it? Not, no. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, it's also difficult to do something with everyone in this kind of film when they're when they've got all these other things. Press, do you know, you know, like the right and director issues and this and this and your these yeah characters. So I don't know. I I think maybe they just bit off more than they could chew with this. It's just too early to do it. Yeah. I guess I don't know. Um, I. I want to watch it again. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to really change my mind on much of anything. Mm, but yeah. I guess we'll, we should probably wrap it up. <laughs> um, did you have anything else? No. Yeah. It was fun. It was smart. We liked it. Except Justice League. Except Justice League. <laughs> <laughs>